On a scale from 1 to 10, how bang do you think you look? 6. 8. Boy, 10. You guys are just being modest. No, I just no. don't have, I haven't had like a good haircut recently, so. Yeah, but it's not about a haircut. Your haircut is not like. It's I like think, an overall, I think. I think the, yeah, the how overall, you like think? groomed, like, and once my beard comes in, bro, I'm going to be a 10. I don't have a beard yet. When I don't actually. coming in, Shami? Just wait a couple years. He's been saying that for in. years. It's going to come in. Yeah, I don't, I don't actually think I'm like a 10, but I just say that I just want to, I just want to say, no, no, there's because, no real one. I'm saying um, I'm a 10, so I don't have to worry about it. Cause it's just like, oh, like I'm hot. It doesn't matter. Like I. Not that I'm hot. It's not like I'm hot. I'm not worried. It's just like I, I look how I, the best version of me. Frost, when you come out the shower and you know just like happen to walk around the house, is there a statement that you happen possibly maybe say out loud? If I if I got the towel on my head, I'm walking around. I look at anybody in the face who makes the Mm -hmm. first person to make eye contact with me and tell them I'm beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Look, what what do, what do people what do like people want? What do people want these days? They say, okay, nobody don't asked you how you're yourself. feeling. How do you feel? Like nobody's asking, like, oh, like, do you think you're looking good today? And you go, everyone should feel beautiful. Yeah, no, but, but ew, but with- ew. Look at all that confidence. You're not supposed to say you're a ten. <laughs> say you're like an eight, or ask somebody else how you look. Come on, stop it. You said six, Amber. I did say six. Do you what? really feel that way? You think. You think that you are a six? You think that like? I I do think I think I I think I'm a six. Like actually. Why? Though. Yeah. Why do you feel like you're a six? I mean, like I'm not like super hot. Like I'm not like, you know, like really really like pretty or anything. I'm just I don't like, like kind of average. To say. Like I can't agree or disagree because it looks. <laughs> like, it's not. I mean, it's not how other people see yeah, you. Yeah. It's not it's how. Just... It's just like how do you feel like seeing your? How do you feel like? What do you feel like? Yeah, I mean, like, I see myself a lot, and I think I'm a six, mm. you know? Like, also... That's sad. It's but do you think s- you can get to a 10? Or, like, do you think you're going to get to a 10? I mean, are listen, you Are you going some... to look... Are you going for a 10? Like, what are you going for? I mean, I'm going for, like, a seven. Like, this is what I mean, right? Like, if... Because, like, okay, right when now, you ask this like... question, right, I was also considering, like... Am I like I'm not also everybody's cup of tea? Also thinking that way too. Okay, exactly. That's my point, right? Like right now, I personally am not in like the physically best form uh, that I a could be in and two want to be in. So right? you're not a ten. So no, no, stop it. <laughs> I'm saying that I could be fat. I could be obese. Uh huh. And if that's me right now, uh-huh. I'm a ten. Mm, so you like feel good about yourself because Frost, I've chose- aren't you the same person that also said that um, like if you you know need to work on yourself like you shouldn't yeah. be overconfident and be like um, not aware of like your flaws so if you're saying you're a 10 and saying that you don't need to work on anything essentially then wouldn't that be wait, wait work on yourself what do you mean like, if you think you're a 10, then you technically don't need to, like, be in the best physical shape. You don't need no. to, like... Okay. No, that's not what that Explain. means. That mean, that's not lacking self-awareness. If you if you think that you don't need to, like... Like, if you, feel, if you think that right now I am busy, I'm eating junk food, and I'm fat, that's being self-aware. Okay? Okay. But you could still be a 10. Still be a 10 and feel that way? 
I you mean, can still feel like a 10. I, I wish I could have that type of confidence. So, so go off then. Like worrying about the, worrying about uh, trying to get to a 10, you're never going to get to a 10. Yeah. I think, I think the other things make you a 10. I mean, so for like, for example, like say, say I'm having like a really good week, like this week, for example. What right? does bang mean? What word did I use? What, yeah, I use bang, right? Yeah. What does bang mean? Quality. Bang. Quality. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm a great human being. I'm 10. But like, no, I, thought no, not, ta- I, th- I thought this was like a physical thing. Actually, that's the part I disagree. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning into an episode of Strange Flavors. My name is Shimmer. I'm Faraz. My name is Amber. And this is the strangest and greatest podcast in the game. This is also brought to you by Aleph Theory. You can email us or send us your awesome music at strangeflavorspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you questioning can... like our opening one, which was oh, sent yeah. in by Frost's sister and my best friend and our friend uh, Neha. Yeah. So if you want to send us an opening question, you can. Yeah. And send us through DMs, uh, like on Shami Facebook, like Instagram, that. or Shami Twitter. I would like you to DM him. At Strange, I would like you, for you to DM Strange Flavors <laughs> on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That'd be awesome for the opening question. And then you can also tell your peers, your friends, your amazing loved ones where to listen to this podcast, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally anywhere. Like, y- you can listen to Desi apps. You can listen to BollywoodMusic.com. Just uh, BollywoodMusic.com, they can hear Strange Flavors? They can hear Strange Flavors. I'm That's pretty a website? Sure. If, if not, they can um, go in there and then um, request it. Like, request it, and then uh, we'll eventually be on there. Or you can and, automatically get your song on to Strange Flavors podcast if it is your cousin's. It's an automatic yes. That's incorrect. incorrect. Amber doesn't actually uh, work in the music selection department. Yeah. And uh, So that is, that is factually incorrect. However, absolutely. what is factually correct is that you can also watch this podcast video format on YouTube. Unfortunately, this episode is not the same as the others. Why is that unfortunate? You don't want to be next to me? That is very unfortunate. That I'm next <laughs> to and I don't have a background. Although it does oh, look... Oh, if we put a background If we in. did put a background, I think I would have been happy. But this does look aesthetically pleasing, right? I'm Amber? your background. I think this is really cozy, though, because like I'm looking at you guys and I just want to be like, aw, like, those are my two friends. Do we look like, like tens? Well, you gave a seven, right? I get eight. So we're eight. We're an eighteen then. We're an eighteen. Are we an eighteen? Or we should be a twenty, right? Yeah, you guys are a twenty yeah. all day. Yeah, but because of you, we can't. Dang it, dude. Damn. That sucks. However, I don't know where this was going, but <laughs> support, uh, supporters. Um, man, who, you know who the, doesn't uh, suck? Str- strange, strange flavors. Town has been growing, guys. Yes, wow. sir. We have executive oh. producer Bobber's Bagels. Uh huh. However, uh-huh. across the street, a new store has opened up. What store? No, a, no, hold on. A bakery. Hold on, hold on. This is a okay. A type moment. of bakery. Okay. We have Cassie's Cupcakes. No. no. Cassie's Cupcakes. A new bakery has opened up in the Strange Flavors Town. We have two executive producers now. Wow. Of this well, we podcast. have three because three Bobber's, Bobber's Bagels, Bagels is a two-time, two-time. executive oh. producer. He has like a mini uh, shop uh, that you can, um, it's like out. He's actually mayor. He's mayor. <laughs> he has a, he has like a, uh, one of those uh, drive-in, drive-in food yeah. trucks. Food he has trucks. a food truck and a, and a physical store. And a physical store. And then yeah. Cassie's I could really cupca- go for some cupcakes. So yeah. Yeah. Man, Cassie, Cassie, thank you for building the cupcake shop in Strange Flavors Town. Uh, it means everything. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? 
Okay. He's he's stuck in Strange Flavors Town. What we're talking about is the fact that if you come and you promote this podcast, you like what you hear, and you you know help us out on the podcast and you support the podcast financially, we go ahead and mention you over here because we really truly appreciate you. And if you also want to support the podcast, there's a link in the description where you can find that you can support us. Amber is the new mayor of Flavor Town. Facts of Strange Flavors Town. Also, uh, we do have a Patreon for our cultural comedy videos. And that is also in the link in the, below. in the link below. So you can find that. There's all types of ways to support what we're doing. And we thank everybody who has been supporting this journey so far. Thank yes. you, guys. It means the world. Um, before we introduce the guest, I want to talk to you guys about something real quick. Um, have you guys been seeing these uh, these versus battles yes. on uh, that's been popping off on Instagram? Versus? Yeah, so so it's this uh, it's this thing started by Swizz Beats and Timbaland, who are the producers. Okay. And they started out doing like these beat battles, right? They would compare their biggest hits, right? So Swizz would play his uh, biggest hits and Timbaland would play his biggest hits with like different artists. They started uh, opening it up during quarantine to other people. Uh, So they brought on other producers um, and it started becoming this really cool thing because everyone was bored at home watching it. And now they've gotten to the point where they're doing it with like huge artists. and it's it's amazing to watch, like you know Nelly versus uh, Ludacris. Recently, they uh, they did one which was um, Snoop Dogg versus DMX. Wow! Uh, and so it's literally DMX playing his top hits, like the best twenty, and Snoop Dogg playing his top hits. Um, so personally, when I was watching this, I was like, I was in awe because these are DMX and Snoop Dogg are two rappers that I you know grew up on I was listening to all the time and this is something that I would have imagined as a kid because I used to imagine things like that with like there was this game called uh Def Jam something where it was like a fighting game between rappers and it was so cool to see that remember how like when we were little we'd we'd get so excited if like superheroes came into each other's worlds or like mm-hmm. even with Disney Zach Channel and when Cody like and, uh, Jimmy, Neutron, Jimmy, Jimmy Neutron Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner yeah. they came together in their thing so like those things were like for for a kid it was so epic. And now I feel like we're getting that as adults, but because we have so much collaboration going on, I feel like we're taking those things for granted where we're kind of missing the moment of like what this truly means. And okay. and we're not like really appreciating like think about this. DMX versus mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg in a battle. This is like imagine if Tupac and Biggie we're battling each other. Wait, hold on. Live. Talk in Amber's terms. Cardi B and oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm following though. I'm this following. is like Cardi B and Nikki battling each, each other, other in front of each other with their top hits. But wow. it's like it's like they're showing so much love and they're singing each other's songs. Mm. So wouldn't that be kind of like never. crazy? Cardi would never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's I think that I is... think it's it comes with like the generation we live in now that mm-hmm. like Everything is available to us. And even when you see on Twitter, right, you see like your childhood heroes, even if you see like a David Dobrik and a Josh Peck together for kids, it's like anything is possible. And yeah. we're kind of getting used to that process. Yeah. I and think the when crossovers we were little, are just happening all the time. Like there could be a TikTok yeah. star that like, for example, Charlie D'Amelio, she is so popular amongst these little kids. And like she and James Charles is also very popular. He has over 20 million. He's the biggest beauty uh, guru in on youtube 
and these the biggest tiktoker and the biggest youtuber collabed already yeah, like yeah, and these well. things happen like daily at this point so it's almost like it's like it's almost like oh okay well you see them interact in any way they're gonna collab yeah everyone's also friendly especially in like hip-hop yeah i think not everyone but like a lot of people are collabing with each other when and it's a good thing but at the same time like hip-hop like there was a lot of beef there was east coast versus west coast and all of that um but now it's like you have someone like drake who can literally just like grab anyone collab with them right UK. away and then, yeah <laughs> it's everything all over and all the worlds collide yeah i want to ask you guys what do you think would be like either a really good matchup or like something that like who would be untouchable in like a hits battle who would you really want to see uh versus each other i want to see kanye versus somebody Ooh. Kanye. what about kanye versus pharrell That'd be pretty they're both like artists and producers yeah that could be one a lot of people want to see jay-z um and they say What's against happening? Eminem. I don't think that that's bad. Jay-Z versus Beyonce. <laughs> that was a whole Lemonade album. Is there anyone specifically you'd want to see? What if they did it with, like, bands? That would be kind of cool. If they brought verses to outside of hip-hop. Like yeah. Green Day versus, I don't know. One Direction? Fall Out Boy. Okay, not One Direction. <laughs> the Beatles you versus One Direction. said Wonder- band. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, hmm. Also. I'm trying to think. There's one person on my mind that I think would be untouchable in a hits battle. Who do you guys think would be untouchable in it? Who has so many hits that it's... Drake. 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 There's, people don't want to hear that. But when you talk about, like, even if you put a top-tier rapper, right? Uh, Jay-Z, for example. And mm-hmm. people don't want to see Jay-Z versus Drake, but think about it. Drake mm-hmm. has more hits than anybody. Yeah. yeah, he would even and and I'm a I'm a huge stan, right? An original stan, which means an Eminem right. fan. He would beat Eminem, and Eminem has tons of hits, but Drake has too many. It's not about who has the bigger hits, right? It's also about longevity, too. I think. Sure. Like like yeah. which was actually I don't know now. I have to. Yeah, well, I have once to, you said I feel longevity, like, that made me a little. Because I feel like if if it was if it's only twenty. Then it doesn't matter how many Drake has, because I feel like someone like Eminem has twenty hits. But I feel like a lot of the people that are watching are gonna be like younger too, and a lot of them might. No, dude. I actually, with versus, it's like for. Well, because it's the who's doing producing it. it. Yeah. yeah. No, no. It's like who's um, performing in the versus battle. Yeah, but also it's like the audience of it is a lot. Like the hip hop community, uh, all old heads and and like legends in the game are all watching this. So it kind of, you have to show them respect. So it can't be like, they won't even let, you know, someone like, uh, I don't know, one of these new rappers come into that. Like they wouldn't like, I don't think that they would let like a J. Cole come in unless it was like against a Kendrick or something. Mm -hmm. But they would definitely not match up like Drake to someone who is like, you know, on the Mount Rushmore, for example. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just I fun want to, Bad fun Baby about. and Lil Yachty. Okay, all right. <laughs> and, and the and the topic has suddenly died. I wanted to talk about. Um, I don't know why we didn't talk about this last time, but uh, TikTok was like uh, talked about being like banned in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. At the same time, it had a malfunction. Yeah, and I think like a lot of our friends and our friend group were like, "Oh my God, where are my views?" Uh, like everyone's kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Are you guys like freaking out, or like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, if we don't have a world without TikTok? Yeah. Uh, truthfully, like, TikTok for a person who is, like, a creator uh, as an individual is not the best because 
you kind of have to uh you kind of have to cater to TikTok and do things differently but as a viewer or as like as an, when I when I'm not as a consumer when I'm not in my creative artist mode or whatever and I'm just watching it TikTok is my favorite app cuz I can yeah. I can scroll endlessly and be entertained by people who like you know I don't even know whereas right. a place like YouTube or Instagram or whatever I'm following mm-hmm. specific people right yeah so I don't know I I would I would be upset as a I mean, upset for both because I think it still adds to create creativity. You have to think differently. I can't really bring myself to even think that I could be upset because I just don't think that's gonna happen. Like but I'm if it, so if it were to. I'm so set on the fact that it's not gonna happen and that like it could be threatened to the end. Like I don't know. I just feel like in America, like we're already really being spied on. on. No, but yeah, it's like, like it's like really bad apparently. Like. I've, I've what's heard. the issue so like what's the worst that could happen of china spying on someone like us okay yeah so like they, what's, they what's literally the have access to everything okay and um there's also so there's, i already gave facebook access like 10 years ago so to everything so that's um, american government whatever but um the chinese government right there was um someone got the new ios update and you know how there's like bugs so um apparently when you copy something to your clipboard um you know like when you're copying a text or whatever so on the new iOS update, it pops down saying that, oh, you copied something. So someone was typing out a caption on TikTok, and it literally kept saying, this this has been copied, this has been copied, this has been copied, but they're just texting. Like, they're typing. They're not mm-hmm. copying. And so literally, it's being sent to, like, uh, a server so that they can, like, uh, analyze your data. And who knows? Let's say you're running for a politician or whatnot, or, you know, um, they can literally, like, send footage to whoever and they have you know all your data all your calls all your texts and literally blackmail you like i mean i guess if you're a super important person be careful but like for me i'm like i just think I mean, that like the let's Ameri- say you have a vendetta against somebody and they have a hookup at TikTok. yeah but that's what i'm saying is me as an individual <laughs> yeah me as an individual like i don't have anything to lose that's yeah. on my no no but like you know uh let's say you like download something illegally mm-hmm. And there you go. You can literally. That's why like, you buy all your stuff. Ransom. Yep. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Things things that are not. Um, Unless I want. Oh, <laughs> things that are uh, that we don't seem as uh, like legal or whatever can be. You could get in trouble. You can get and, in trouble. And you never know what it is that yeah. someone could have. How I just think the at the same time. How can the Chinese government get you in trouble? Well, they they have like servers around here, right? And you know. Let's say somebody wants money or whatever. I'm not. I'm just like speculating. Like ran- or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like these ran- are the worst case scenarios that we have no control. Like American government can't uh, get information from children. Like it is illegal. However, Chinese government they can. They That's can know true. things about your children. That's kind of creepy. Sure. So, uh, yeah. I just. I don't know. Like. I, yeah, it's wrong, right? Yeah. And I think that the American government also does like lots of things that we don't know about. And uh, yeah. the at the end of the day, I just think that like. Um, there's a lot of things that aren't uh, in in our control and yeah. that, you know, there's, I'm glad that there's a lot of things being exposed between different governments and the way, and our supposed leaders. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna open up um, this conversation to begin with, then we should dissect everybody who like, you know, what else are we, what, el- what other information are we giving away and how are our elections 
truly being you know done and like let's not only focus on them because we clearly have a lot of problems in our uh hands so uh you know if you watch the epstein documentary you'll find out that there's a lot of leaders um that are lying to us and uh, a lot of corrupt horrible things that are happening um that you know people just put under the shove under the rug and we will never know and you know i it's like we what can we do you know yeah we can't we can only talk about it and and you know, when someone comes to us and says, like, oh, my God, like, we should all go against this, then we should open up the question, like, well, what about this? Like, how are we doing anything better? So let's not be hypocritical in those senses. And yeah. I would just be sad if YouTube was gone. Like, really? that's yeah. my ultimate Yeah, thing. I, think YouTube's, I think YouTube's different, though, than, like, TikTok. Because, like, YouTube has, like, this, um, to use your word, like, longevity that's happened from, like, because like, it's honestly integrated into my life to, uh, to an extent because it's been around since 2006 mm-hmm. and I've been an active member on YouTube or a consumer of YouTube since I was like I don't know how old 10 yeah. 12 we grew up so on it's it. yeah so like I feel like that's a little different whereas like for example in uh, TikTok right now is similar to like how Vine was like he, like you couldn't have told us when Vine was at its height that like oh if they just like cancel vine out of nowhere like and okay, we moved it's, on it's gonna be like I, and, and we moved on and i think for youtube it's gonna be very hard to move on because yeah. a lot of people learn information from it so yeah you can like if you want to learn anything you can also just people YouTube use that as their only source of like entertainment. entertainment they like some people don't have tv some people you know yeah. they don't watch anything else besides youtube so it all depends let us know what you guys think you know what's yeah. your favorite app and and what you would do does TikTok affect your life like by, that? By the way, I'm not anti TikTok. I just wanted to pose a question. I have TikTok downloaded, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the most exciting part of the podcast. I want to introduce our amazing stranger today. Um, so he is actually a stand-up comedian who was recently featured on Hulu's hit show Rami. He also used to be a professional gamer featured on Forbes and the Wall Street Journal. So along with finishing his recent comedy tour with Akash Singh and regularly performing with Mo Amer, he tells us tons of funny stories along his journey. So without further ado, everyone, please welcome this week's stranger, Danish Makbul. I don't want to fuck a single bitch, I want a double. Bitch, I keep the peace like I came here with a puzzle. If he acting crazy, I'm going to pop him like a bubble. Bitch, I can't no fuck, I did not come just to cuddle. Bitch, I'm bitch, I'm smoking through up in your mama living room. Um, no, I have good friends that don't say my name correctly. And I'm like, yo, we're we're like good like friends. Brown, like brown friends or <laughs> like, non-brown no, friends? No, never, never brown friends. It's usually, okay. usually, you know, it's all comedians, bro, right? Uh-huh. It's like, they they like, I, I heard a comedian last night, he, he said Danish. <laughs> but then later... Not later on in the night, he said Donish. So okay. I think somebody else from the group corrected him, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is wild. Yeah, yeah. D- what is it but, usually? Danish. Danish, probably. I think people are like aware. They look at the name and it's like there's no possible way that his name could be Danish. Danish. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I used to do a, a joke when I first started, and this is a true story. I had a teacher. Named Mrs. Danish, bro. Oh, yeah. And in third grade, and then one time, or it was first grade. She was my music teacher. And then one time in class, she was like, 
uh, you know, if we got married, your name would be Donish Danish. What? <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm six, yo. What the <laughs> fuck, yo? Did you consider wow. it? Yeah. Sometimes oh, man. <laughs> I know we my get first married grade teacher, early, but... My know. first grade teacher was hot. I can still remember. Yeah. Was she attractive? <laughs> Usually elementary school teachers are like, but you no. don't think that way. No, Mrs. Danish was all the way at the end of her line. You know, she was like, definitely like, like, she was going towards retirement at that point. You know, the the funny thing is, I think I heard you. I saw you live um, while you were touring. And I think you did that little bit. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. I always, I, I was doing that forever, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> open. It's a good one. I miss your name. It's funny because uh, there was this one guy that was talking about, um, like in our culture, we have these uh, these cookies that a lot of brown moms will use as uh, sewing sewing kit boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the the cookies are called Danish cookies, and he was calling them Danish cookies, <laughs> just because like that's how that's how it's pronounced our name. But that was funny. Um, yeah, that is funny. But yeah, man, thank you for coming on the podcast. This is really cool to to have you here. Um, of course, yeah, of course, man. It's my pleasure to be honest. For, first of all, what's life been like for a for a comedian in quarantine? Have you been like mm-hmm. trying to improvise, or are you like working at Staples or what? Um, yeah, you just like try to improvise bro you try to do some digital shows if you could do digital shows you know like a digital doing, comedy show yeah almost like stand-up some, yeah it was like which is not the same you know and yeah. and then i guess to get by a lot of comedians are moving they're uh, like doing moving shit in the city i'm just i moving deliver what? groceries like oh. uh yeah oh. like they, they're they're moving like to other people's houses and shit. That's the big uh-huh. hustle for comedians right now, <laughs> which is like pretty hard work, but it's good yeah. pay. And then I just deliver groceries, whatever I have like a day that I'm not doing shit, you know? Are you just in uh, like, Are you in New York or? I'm in Jersey. Oh, I'm Jersey, at home okay. still, yeah. I'm at home, I don't have a rent check, man. And so, you know, you adjust, right? Like I, yeah. I was getting ready to have like a pretty good year and but then that was also gonna i was also about to pay for my whole wedding right so it was like a big Mm. expense too so it was like kind of back to square one vibes right now so they got postponed yeah that got postponed bro and we're gonna do something like a little small outside thing you know yeah and and we're still trying to figure out all the semantics with that because like now we're trying to rent a tent and all that and Mm. see how many people we should have so yeah it's bro it's we were together last night six seven of us this is the first time we didn't have many hangs during the quarantine obviously so we're like things are starting to open up and there's like outside comedy shows happening so i did a show yesterday and then everybody was hanging after and you know i think one of the things we don't acknowledge a lot of time is how weird this situation is you know, mm-hmm. it's like because everybody's going through it, nobody really talks about it. It's like, damn, yo, yeah. this fucked up our whole shit. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. that's what I think and, about, like, especially for comedians. It's got to be weird because that whole your whole vibe is off of like interacting live, with people and live performance. Yeah. And like when we go to like a comedy show, 
it's so fun because that's like the the interaction is the best part yeah. and everyone's so close and intimate usually in these shows i can't yeah. imagine like a virtual thing you're like you don't know if a joke is funny because there's lag and then you gotta wait for people to either laugh or it's a long awkward pause i don't know how that works yeah, yeah I, you know i think stand up it's it wasn't it wasn't like a the biggest deal in the world to not do it for four months although i you brought up a good point it's like you're used to that reaction every day right so i think it does mess with your personality a little bit you're mm -hmm. like maybe a little angrier you know because it's <laughs> like you don't get this reaction that you're getting every single day and you're like oh man i i didn't even know i was reliant on this you know mm -hmm. so it does alter your personality a little bit but it's not it's it's not like I'm bad at stand up now that I didn't do it for four months. I'm not worried about that, you know. Yeah. Like that it, that's not that big of a deal. It's more of the personality stuff. Is it know? is it better like, for yeah. writing more jokes or was it harder to write more jokes being like isolated? Oh, I think it was harder. You know, unfortunately, I like you know, before you, before I started stand-up, I wrote a lot of jokes just before I started to just try to get, like, some material together. It was, like, a very calculated situation, right? And I was like, I'm going to get five minutes that I really mess with. And I did. I had five minutes that I would still look at today and be like, yeah, that's funny, you know? Mm. And, but once you get a taste of writing shit on stage it's like you kind of never want to go back. It's mm. so much funner, and the reaction is right there, and I think it also creates better material, so you're like, it's hard to go back to the basics. What do you, you mean know? writing stuff on stage? Like, you know, I used to write material, like, and I still do a lot of times, like, in a notebook, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I wrote a piece, and I'm going to go do this piece on stage. And it's like, word for word, is usually how it is, right? But then when you're on stage, sometimes you're like just talking and then you're writing as you go, right? And, and then Andrew Schultz it. Yeah, you yeah, exactly. And and I'm you know, I I, I never talked to Andrew about his uh process of writing, but I'm sure he has like there's bullet points and then mm -hmm. you say the bullet point and you Try to figure yeah. a way out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because if you put yourself in a corner in front of a bunch of people, your mind is probably going to try to race to find an answer, mm, you yeah. know? So that's when, like, a lot of good comedy comes out, and you just haven't been able to have that situation right now, which is, yeah. yeah so you're like, but you could still write my best stuff I wrote in a notebook, to be mm -hmm. honest, yeah. right? It's just... It's a mixed yeah. bag, you know? Right, right, right. I think a lot of, uh, we're going to be hearing a lot of, like, the sort of corona and quarantine jokes that people have been, like, either, whether it be, like, sort of dark thoughts or whatever. Yeah. I think mm. after all this is over, we see people back on stage. There's definitely got to be, like, a ton of experiences, you know, that people are going through that are like, man, this is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to yeah. ask, I wanted to ask about, like, um, the outdoor shows and stuff. Like, do you think that's, like, the future of shows maybe for a little bit and kind of like how Dave Chappelle did his and stuff. Yeah, I mean, we got 12 weeks left, you know, till the <laughs> Northeast weather comes and says, nah, you know, so <laughs> yeah. he's got 12 weeks. Everybody else has, yeah, everybody besides California has 12 weeks left, 
in this outdoor environment. It, it somebody said this yesterday in the comedian group. He was like, "Yeah, but this is it's more like a band aid, you know, to mm-hmm. the solution. It's not really the, it's not fixing the problem, right?" Mm-hmm. So. I, I mean, I think people are desperate to have a good time outside right now. And then in 12 weeks, we're going to get a really harsh reality when it's like this winter is our first winter dealing with this and what that is going to look like. Yeah. Right. That's going to be yeah. tough. Yeah. I just yeah, can't in imagine. a lot of ways, it came at the right time. Yo. March, yeah. you know, we got lucky that this shit came in March and not last November. You know, right, so right. I just like can't imagine seasonal depression plus uh, quarantine. That would be insane. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I just can't imagine like if they do have you know stand up happening like in the fall and winter, and it's like inside people like wearing masks while like laughing at people's jokes. Like I feel like oh, yeah. people are gonna do that. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. To be yeah. honest, I, I don't need to see someone's mouth, you know, like <laughs> as long as I hear yeah. as for the comedian, I think it's fine. You okay. know, like the problem is with that idea is then the clubs can't charge for drinks and food. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you would have to keep your mask on. And as a performer, I'm not comfortable performing in front of people who are eating and drinking indoors. Right. Like right. that's just not. I'm not there yet, you know? I got to see what's going on. It, to me, that doesn't seem like the vibe right now, right? <laughs> you're Outdoors, on stage. You're at, the, you're at the safest place. Yeah, but still, bro, I, I don't want to put other people in a situation because yeah. that's really what it is. I haven't – I've barely – I organized the open mic, but people are like, yo, why don't you organize a show? Because yeah. then you have liability on your hands. Right. Mm-hmm. Like what if somebody gets sick from your show and I don't want that on my conscience, you know, if, even if nothing legally happens yeah. to me, I don't want that shit on my conscience, bro. <laughs> you know, no way. So you. it's, you know, it's a it's definitely. But then my boy was like, yo, would you go on tour with me and do some indoor shows? And I was like, yeah, for sure. If somebody else is setting it <laughs> it's up, on him you know? <laughs> yeah, it's on, him it's on it's on them. Then, yeah, there you go. There you, you go. Know? Yeah, so man, um, I actually recently found out about you through Shamir. He told me, you know, he went to that show. Uh, he was actually with my brother at um, the Ill Muslim show. And mm. uh, then I followed you because I saw some of your stuff. First of all, hilarious. Like, I love the oh, your delivery you, and everything. It's it's so funny. Um, you, but bro. I was following you and I saw that recently you had your first acting debut, uh, right? On, on Hulu. Oh, yeah. So oh, no. Rami, yeah. Rami, so that show Rami, you know, very popular on Hulu has uh, obviously Rami Youssef, Mo Amer, and uh, Mahershala Ali this season. Plus you, <laughs> yeah. So how did that? How did that come together? And what did that mean for you? Oh, uh, so funny, man. I have one line, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, like I'm... your Instagram post, you were like, yeah. you were like, you know, this means a lot, even though it's that. Oh uh, yeah, two- it's. It's true because, you know, look, two two shows have tried to mess with me, right, out of the thousands of shows that exist. Mm-hmm. And it's Hasan Minaj asked me to submit a writing sample for his show. That didn't work out, but he asked. And then this audition thing with Rami, right, it, which worked out. And you think about it, and it's like, man, There's thousands of shows on TV, right? There's like six that cover the Brown experience, 
and mm. two of them asked me to work for them. Mm. But none of the other thousands of shows gave a fuck, right? <laughs> and Rami and Hussin shows are on top of the world. They're not That's like true. some right. little show. They're not a small deal, know? no. Yeah. yeah, and so it's kind of... To me, I always found that kind of weird, and just going through that experience, it makes you like thankful. It's like, damn, if Rami's show didn't exist, that means I would never be on TV, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, what's so? It's like it's you. You have to be appreciative if you if if that happens to you, right? Yeah. Because it's like it doesn't happen for a lot of brown artists just working right now, right? It's still being created. And um, Rami's just a homie because he's he's his um, mentor coming up was Uzzer, right? And it's like Uzzer Osman, who's basically my mentor, and that's like my big brother. And so Rami became like a friend through that. And he just asked me one day, he's like, yo, can you do this audition? And then it worked out. And it was a lot of fun, you know? It was, so it you're, was in the, mad you're fun. in the Brown Illuminati then. You made it into the uh, the Brown circle of Jersey people that know each other. Oh uh, yeah, man. I <laughs> I think you know what happened is I was I was just a comedian, but I was doing a bunch of colleges on the road by myself. Right. Mm. I had like set them up where I put like a five minute tape together. I got really excited about it, and then I just emailed every college in the country, and then. Like 10 colleges were like, yeah, you could come through and we'll give you a little stipend, right? And I was like, bet. And then I just started doing that every semester. And then I just quit my job. I maxed, I took out my 401k and then I just put it all into this, right? And then it, it was like a three year grind. And then by the time I met Uzzer, he had heard about me. He's like, yeah, I've seen you do a bunch of colleges and stuff. Where were you at in your life when you started doing this? Were you in college or what? I finished college. I was, um, I finished college. I was working at AT AT&T and I was like trying to figure out how to do stand up full time. Right. Mm. So it was like going to open mics every night for years. Were you always like a funny person? Is that why you like wanted to pursue it? Or Yeah, 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 for yeah. sure, bro. I was like class clown, you know, and like that that whole situation. Yeah, yeah. I was always a clown. I always liked having a good time. Even in video games, I was like this video game player. Everybody knew me as the funny guy. Not that I was like good at the game. I was just a funny guy in Halo. Right? So after a while, it was just like, bro, you're like, this is what you want to do. And you never, like, believe that you could do it. But then it's like, fuck it, you know? Like, you only live once, right? You might as well take the leap. Because I'll tell you, man, if I didn't do that, it was the best decision I ever made. I'm 31. I'm not rich by any means. But I'm, like, the happiest i ever been in my life, you know? Yeah. Well, you so, had that you had that like little role on um, on Rami, but uh, so people aren't like recognizing you in person from that or anything. I mean, you're on our podcast, so you haven't really made it anywhere. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. I'm just, no, you're right. I'm just Bro, kidding. I'm messing with you. Like, you didn't think there was this... gonna be two comedians today, did you? <laughs> I was like, where I'm is this kidding. going? <laughs> <laughs> no, the joke is that we're actually huge. We're not a small podcast. <laughs> that was the joke, if you didn't catch that. No, but um. 
what what do you see what like what what do you honestly feel when you see people like Rami and uh, and Hasan Minaj uh, did you feel like at one point like yo I'm gonna be that brown comedian and then there's people that are like at that level and you're you know not to say it in that way but like you know you're not necessarily as uh, you didn't get as much exposure as them yet what goes through your yeah. mind well it's um you have to understand it's a, it's a time thing you know okay. Rami's yeah. been in the game 12 years Hudson's been in the game 15 years. And so, you know, I was touring with Mo forever. Mo's been in the game 15, almost 20 years. And so, like, that's where you need a mentor, right? Where your head gets big. You're like, yo, I'm smashing the road, too. It's like, I'm doing my thing, too. Like, what's up, man? Where's my turn? Mm. And it's like, your mentor would be like, Uh, It's all going to come for you, bro. Like, you just have to play your position, play your part, have fun, right? And then you stop worrying about that stuff. Because then you're like, things are happening for you and you got to handle your business, you know? And then on top of that, bro, if you ever met Rami, you would know why he's in the position he's in. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like the dopest dude man it's like everything for him is so well deserved so you could never like count other people's shit you just gotta focus on your own shit man yeah that's like, awesome I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm further along in comedy than I ever thought I would be mm. I could tell you that right now you know like I, to just know these guys I, I was watching these guys before I started right like wow. watching Namesh and watching mm-hmm. Akash and Akash is like one of my best friends, right? And it's like I was watching him before I started. And now it's like, yeah, you're so th- that already I achieved all the goals I set out for myself. Everything from here is just bonus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was actually yeah. listening to your first episode of your podcast, um, and you had Akash on, and he was saying that you kind of like set up the tour that you guys went on together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I was like, bro, I'll set up a tour. Let's split the money. And he's like, bet. And that was it. And then we set up a tour. He was cool enough to do that. I did a lot of the legwork, but it's like we weren't going to sell tickets if it wasn't for him, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, it was a win-win for both. And then Mm -hmm. he got all those clips out of that. And then he started posting them and he blew up. And then I even got to like post some clips during quarantine. And that was really dope for me. So it was like, yeah, Akash is the man, man. I've had such a good relationship with all the brown people try to help each other out. And every other community in comedy is like, they're like, damn, we wish we had that. Really? Right? Yeah, because brown people are going through a wave right now where it's like, Mm -hmm. bro, if you're dope, we want to put you on. Yeah. Right. Like because we knew how hard it was for us coming up when we were dope and nobody was there to help us. Yeah. Right. So they're recognizing that for this generation. They're like, no, we're going to pull you up. You know, that's so, so good because I feel like that's why I even asked that because a lot of times uh, amongst our community, sometimes I guess in the older generation, there's a lot of uh, competition. And like, it's funny that I even think that way, that it's just like, uh, you know, if one brown boy has made it, why is it that like that's the only one that can represent everybody? And I think mm-hmm. that's where like Hasan Minaj, for example, sometimes gets a little bit of flack from, which is like it's his experience, but for some reason 
we all feel like, oh, this is our, you know, our chance for someone to speak up for us. And if he says the slightest wrong thing, it's like people will get mad at him too. Do you ever yeah. think that way? Yeah, I think I've I've seen the Hudson takes, and I'm like, I don't feel like that, you know. <laughs> and you're like, you have to think like, oh man, this is just his experience. But he's become right. so gigantic that he represents a lot of people's experiences. And I think he's also aware of that, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why he tries to speak from experiences, but also keep everybody in mind too, which is just a tough thing to do, right? Yeah. And- um, Trying to be relatable. Yeah, yeah. It's he's trying to be relatable. And, and he is a relatable guy. He's just like everybody else coming up, you know? And Hassan just worked really hard, man. He worked so hard if, if like hearing some of the stories coming up you know Hudson was like a kid whose father was setting up like shows and stuff right for like uh, other comedy shows and then he like brought in uh, Allah made me funny and then brought Hudson to their hotel room and was like yo meet my son mm -hmm. right and then uh, Allah made me funny which is Mo and Uzzer and Preacher Moss they were all like yeah we'll, we'll show him around and so Hassan also came up from that, like, he met mentors, and then they were like, okay, this is how you do it, you know, and he was already a sharp dude himself, and then it was like, liftoff, you know? That's awesome, I didn't even know that. Yeah. What was, what was your upbringing like? Did you have the traditional sort of parents, um, and how did you convince them to, that comedy was gonna be an okay thing for you to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I came from a dad, you know, I came from, uh, so a dad I don't know about mom. traditional parents, right? My dad, no, no, no. I, I came like everybody else from a mom, <laughs> you know, but, but my dad, he's like, he's traveled a hundred countries, right? So he's like a pretty cool guy. That's awesome. And well cultured. Also, yeah, very well cultured. His English is like better than my English, right? <laughs> and he just like is the coolest dude, right? Like for example, like he took my mom to Russia last year, and when he was in Russia with my mom, he just started like speaking Russian. Wow. And my mom was like, I didn't know you knew Russian. He's like, Oh yeah, I lived here for two years back in the day, you know? Wow. And it's like, yeah, he's just a well-traveled dude. And also a dude like that holds it in his chest. He's not gonna flaunt it, you know? Yeah. Um, just a slight flex out yeah. of nowhere, just drop it on you. Yeah, my girl knows every language I speak right now, you know, like <laughs> before we get to the country, you know, I'm gonna let her know. But my dad <laughs> and my mom is just cool as hell. So I didn't ask permission or have to convince anybody, you mm -hmm. know? my dad very much my whole life told me this is your life and you have to go live it and live with the consequences of that life so you have to make your own decisions right which is probably the lesson that all parents should be given to their kids you know wow. whether they want to be fuck ups or not it's like let them make that decision right and so yeah I think he thinks I probably could have been a really good lawyer and I'm not but it's not like he never said that yeah. you know he's never said it to my face you know maybe behind my back but he's never said it to my face you know I mean so. when you've traveled that much you know like you you are aware of like what life is really about I think for a lot of 
brown people sometimes it's just like that that hardship they go through to even make it to like America or Canada or whatever and then they're just like they don't want you to struggle the way that they struggled yeah but your dad he's like he's well experienced well traveled we need Uncle McBull on the podcast yeah be- bro yeah. oh his stories are <laughs> phenomenal bro oh my god he, he's he's just the best storyteller I, and yeah I think growing up when I would watch him it like just totally have everybody mesmerized and like him telling a story that was the power that i wanted you know it wasn't money or anything else it was just that you Did know you learn i want storytelling from him yeah i think so like he had he had beats to a story and then he had a he always had a good ending you mm. know he always had like a punchline right yeah. like and that was a big thing and it was never corny you know that was the other thing he never ever had a corny punchline like the punchlines that you would hear from every other daisy uncle that would just like put the bow on the rap no he didn't do that like the punchline was totally from somewhere else you know yeah. it was like oh that's funny you know yeah. and like so it was like yeah he was cool you know i that's grew up awesome. with a cool dad so that's where i was like oh i want to be cool too which is why it's like I've pursued that. I've know? heard that that makes Let's... like the best comedy too. Is like, uh, I mean, you tell me, I don't know, but uh, I've heard a lot of people say that Dave Chappelle, the reason why he works the way he works so well and a- appeals to so many people is because the storytelling is really great. Is that kind of yeah. something that you look for in comedy or how do you approach it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the best people are probably people who are able to take from their experiences and then generalize how people could you know, they create a situation, uh, just a general situation, right? But then, once they make you realize this point in this general situation, in that, they're gonna have an experience, right? That could tie in the whole thing. That's usually the best type of comedy, right? So it's like, you know, Chris Rock does that pretty much the best Chappelle does that the best you know and it's like Michael Che does a really good job so yeah it's it storytelling is a a great great tool Mo who I tour with is one of the best storytellers I ever heard you know he's just like phenomenal and you see how like bro it's so hard to do 10 minutes where you're making people laugh every single minute and it's one thing Right. Mm. It's this one big experience that you're going through. It's such a massive skill. Right. And then you're thinking about the art. You're supposed to do an hour on stage, 10 minutes. That's like one sixth a chunk. So, you Mm. know that this shit better be correct. Right. Mm. Because it's representing 18 percent of your show or 17 percent of your show, whatever that is. Right. Mm. So it's like it's a big tool if used correctly and it could also be misused and make your show crap you know so it's yeah. like yeah that's why it's such a big thing you talked about um like the the experiences uh that you go through in, in your comedy and stuff so you have uh like your your tour that you did with uh, akash's big desi energy so how how big is uh the cultural experience for you and how much do you put in your uh comedy um, you know, I always say that I'm a, I'm a kid from New Jersey who just happens to be Muslim and Pakistani. And mm. that's what I would like my personality to represent. It's nothing that I ever put away, right? 
but it's not something that is like that's the only thing I am, right? So it's like you're always gonna know that I'm Pakistani. You're always gonna know that even if I don't reference it, you know. I, I'm pretty sure if you go to my Instagram, it has a flag there, or whatever, right? So it's it's always on my chest. But at the same time, there's more to me than just the country that I come from, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's been the issue with a lot of our representation. It's just like, no, I come from this country. I come from, okay, but let me know more about your thoughts, your mm. your your ideas, and what are you thinking, right? So I would like that to be what controls my narrative, my thoughts, rather than where I'm from. But I never want to put away where I'm from, you know? Yeah. Like, you should know where I'm from at all times. How do non-brown right? people usually receive that? Is it like... Um, especially a name like Big Desi Energy, do you ever fear, like, are they going to know what that is or are we going to have, like, an all-brown audience? Uh, yeah, I mean, Akash came up with the name, to be honest. He just put so, it on him. He's like, yeah, yeah, that was not my idea. Yeah, <laughs> Akash came up with the name and, you know, he was also the bigger act, so I was like, all right, bro, whatever you want, you know? Like, I'm cool. But it's, yeah, I mean, uh, um, with the non-brown people, people, like, are they, people are they gotta cool people gotta learn, right? Mm-hmm. It's why I didn't change my uh, name on stage to Don. You know, like I could have easily changed my the shit to Don, Don Mac. Fire, Don yeah, Mac. like yeah, I could have <laughs> been Don Mac, bro. I would have thought this mafia yeah. dude is like about to mm-hmm. do some do a stand-up set if it was yeah, Don straight Mac, up. <laughs> I, I, bro. And I'm like, no, the reason you got in comedy is so people will and the reason you're just doing anything publicly is so people learn how to say the word donish right and so mm-hmm. it's like normal you know that's a goal so that other kids when they're coming up and they have a weird name that's a weird brown name they don't feel weird about it cuz mm-hmm. i know you know like that happens and and bro i worked at this gaming company and we worked with like people from yale and like harvard and all these uppity people and this lady from Yale, every morning she'd be like, good morning, D-Mac. And I'd be like, she just didn't want to learn my name. Did you, you know tell her saying? that that was like your Instagram handle or she just called you that? Well, that was like my Halo name before it, okay. Instagram <laughs> even existed, right? So she knew me from like the community like that. But it's like everybody else had a regular name. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? She didn't say a gamer tag for anyone else's name. <laughs> you know? Like, but for me, it D-Mac was like... is kind of cool, though. Like, yeah. It was a, cool. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty fire. Yeah, it was cool. For sure. It's, it is it is cool. And yeah. But it, it's also not my name. You know? Yeah. It's like, it would, it would make me feel kind of disrespectful to my parents. You know? Yeah. Like... I wear a makbul on my chest pretty proudly. That's my dad's first name. I, it's my last, you know, mm-hmm. and also Donish, you know, th- those both those things. And if you know D-Mac, obviously, it's just the first initial and the last uh, three from the fir- last name, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, um, we went, gotta we gotta break down the video game thing because yeah. you keep mentioning that. I'm so excited <laughs> to hear about this. Apparently, you were a professional gamer. Oh, yeah, bro. When I was... <laughs> I used to play happen? Halo, like when Halo I was a kid. Or what? And no, Halo? Halo One, bro. Halo One. Okay. No, thank you for trying to age me. Dude, Halo Three is the best. <laughs> yeah, Halo Three yeah. is the best. <laughs> yeah, Halo Three is dope. But I played Halo One when I was a kid, when I was like 13, 14, and I got like really good at it. 
and I was like making a few hundred bucks a weekend, just like playing like local tournaments. tournaments. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like getting like pretty nasty, you know, like top ten in New Jersey and shit <laughs> like that. And I would like wow. run it, you know. And then all these kids from all over the country started coming over my house, and we would like land in this basement right here. And they used to call this place the Mecca of Halo. Straight up. <laughs> yeah. That's what they called this place. All throughout. All the Halo community knows this as the How Mecca did Uncle McBool feel about this? <laughs> oh, Uncle McBool. Better you have so Mecca downstairs? Cool. Like, <laughs> Bro, let me tell y'all. Oh, this is so funny. So we have, like, you know, it would be kids from all over. And sometimes I wouldn't meet the kids till they came to my crib. It's like I'd be playing with you online for weeks, right? And then you come over. So I have this one land. We would call it a land, obviously. So it's like, yo, we're having a land this weekend. So 30 so, kids would come so over. So it's like people connected kids. to each other. Yeah, like, so everybody would come down. We would have like eight TVs, 16 TVs, whatever it is, all those Xboxes. Huh. And we're all playing together in my basement. Everybody will sleep here. My mom will make pizza for everybody, the whole thing, <laughs> right? The mecca. So one night uh, we're having a land, right? And my mom, I'm upstairs. I'm, like, looking for a cable. Everybody's downstairs, right? I'm upstairs, and my mom's yelling. She goes, Donish, right? She's in the kitchen, uh, like, in the front door. And I'm like, well, I ran out. I'm like, Mom, what's going on? And then she opens the door, and outside, um, there was a gamer, right? And he was smoking a cigarette, right? And he's, like, six foot five. Tall dude, bro, with like, like, like big, uh, big hair, you know, definitely like long tee, didn't look like a, a corporate man, right? So, <laughs> so I'm like, she's like, who is that? And I didn't know his name, right? And I'm like, and I'm like, so I just told her, I was like, mom, that's Boo, you know, because that was his gamer tag, right? And then she's, and she's like, boo-hoo, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, I was bro. like, oh, you just said boo-hoo, yo. yo that's mad funny. <laughs> that that was definitely a dad story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it's such a dad story, bro. Because I, we I didn't expect so that. Fun. I didn't expect yeah. that. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Ooh. You had that many people at your house just, like, playing well, video games Well, my mom and always came up under that, that rule of, like, I'd rather you have a big party here or oh, do then something here else's. rather than go someone else. So I can keep uh, an eye on you, right? Yeah. And then they're just really, again, like, bro, I grew up with really cool parents. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I went to, like uh, you know, like, traditionally, I went to Islamic school every single day. You know, I had Sunday school. I had all those things, right? Do you want to see the real Mecca? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Straight up, bro. You know? <laughs> I had to I had to uh, memorize Yasin and all that, you know. Yeah. So I had to do all that, but and I loved doing all that. But then there was like also you're on the football team, you're mm-hmm. like totally this free kid. You know, we had a boxing club down here where in wow. eighth grade like twenty kids would fight come club. Here. We would like box. <laughs> the video game. Yeah, like, like yeah. <laughs> I didn't see the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it was such a cool childhood. running operations I, down there. Right. Yeah, awesome. I had the best childhood, straight up. You know? Are you are, awesome. are you still involved with the video game community, or have you like completely left that? Um, 
I mean, they're all like good friends, you know. Like a lot of these people like blew up as streamers. Like Ninja is is a big streamer, and that's like a good homie from back in the day. Oh wow! And, wow, you and, used to play like, Halo with him? Yeah, yeah. I used oh, to watch wow. him at tournaments, bro. His wow. parents would be like, "Yo, can you look after my son?" You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. I looked like after something. Ninja. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, all, all yeah, literally all those people, the Halo community, that's like, you come up, we did a thing. We created esports in America. You know, we were wow. at the, like, the forefront of that. So, it's like, nobody's going to take that away from us. And we're like OGs for life. Mad respect. Even from the young ones that come up, they look at us with mad respect. So it's. That's awesome. I've been on the road like 10 times. People have walked up to me after a show and been like, I used to watch you play Halo. Wow, that's know? awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Do, do yeah, you think it's you crazy. Like, like learned a lot from that experience and used it like in your comedy, like road tours and stuff like that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, you know, life is a ladder, man. I figured that shit out pretty quickly. Life, just like. You know, there was one year where I was one of the top 1,000 players in Halo in New Jersey, right? And then one year where I was one of the top 200 players, and it just kept climbing. And it was results-based, but it was also time in, time out, you know? And so I learned that shit really fast because I lived through it as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. And then I just, like, got bored with pursuing video games at that type of level you know it's mm -hmm. not like it has an end for me it did and then to apply it to comedy which i always thought was the coolest thing in the world right like i got addicted to it at like 14 15 years old um i was like yeah i could i could easily apply this game to that game you know do you still play video games yeah, like sports games and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I play NBA 2K and, and I play every sports game there is. Even like Formula One driving. <laughs> you know, I, I play it all. Um, do That's you? Awesome. Uh, when's the first time that you got on stage? Uh, it had to be like eight years ago, six, mm. seven years ago, something like that. It was. It was a. What brought you to do that? Oh, it was. It was decided a year and a half before I even did it that this was going to be my, like, choice, right? Mm -hmm. And then so I, like, I would say two, three years before I even started stand-up, I started watching, like, all the right shit, you know? Like, I watched Seinfeld, like, ten times, and I watched Larry Sanders' show. I watched all these comedians. And then I think what happened is I saw a few young comedians... Like, I saw Gerard Carmichael. I don't know if you guys know who he is. But I saw yeah. him before he blew up, right? Like, on, like, a link. And I was yeah. like, oh, this guy's going to be, like, a big deal. Right? Mm -hmm. And then he was. And I was like, oh, so you know what works. Right? You know what's going to be the dopest. So that, like, you're saying that to yourself. Like, my radar is pretty good of judging. Yeah. I was like, so your radar is... is I felt like not pretty good. I was like, your radar is great, yeah, mm -hmm. right? But you, what your ability is really low. So you need to like step up your ability to then fulfill what your radar is like, mm -hmm. right? And so that was the whole process. I always, like the first two, three years I was doing it, I knew it wasn't what I wanted. I was just happy that it, I was 
doing something in the realm of what I wanted. I was like, I know that eventually this shit could get there with a lot of hard work, you know? Did did you bomb, like, the first couple times, first couple years, or? Yeah, no, the first year, I had a good year. I was, I was, do- I came off pretty fast start, and then the next two years, I bombed pretty hard consistently. This also sounds really bad, because we're brown people saying bomb on a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I know, yeah. Was it a good uh, bombing? Yeah. Good bombing, bad bombing? What we mean is, did you do bad on stage? <laughs> Just, Wait, so you had, yeah. you had two years, what do you mean you had two years of bombing? What happened? I think because I came in so prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had like all this shit written and I was able to just rely on that for a year. Right. And then when it was like, yo, you got to switch it up and come with some new shit. And I was trying to come with just hot garbage for two years. <laughs> you know, it was like such growth pains, you know, and I, probably not two years. It was probably like a rough year, which felt like two. You know, it was mm-hmm. probably that. But you hit a wall after a while, you know? Yeah. And then it's like you need to hit another growth phase. And then you okay. need to, you're going to hit another wall. And then you'll, like, it just keeps happening like that, you know? Yeah. What was your, what was your, like, your, your favorite performance? You just felt like, you know, this was, this was the greatest performance I had, like. Um, man, Boston with Mo was pretty good. In February, we did the Wilbur in front of 1,100 people. Wow. That was pretty fire, man. I was um I was just in a good place like, you know, just doing the road a lot and working a lot and I had like com- comedy really works in time. Like it's like, yo, how much time you got? And it's like, oh, I have 25 minutes. I have 35 minutes cuz that's what everybody is different, right? Like mm-hmm. Mo has 2 hours cuz he's been working so long. Right. Mm. But me, I'm seven years in. I probably have 25 minutes Mm. and I just put 11 minutes out on YouTube or on Instagram. So now I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do those 11 minutes anymore. So now Mm. I'm like, I probably only have 20. Right. So it's always like in terms of that. So you called Mm. me in February where I had the most amount of time I could have. And I was like the hottest I could be. Yeah, I had like the best time ever you yeah, know that's awesome all <laughs> yeah. right what was what was your worst the, you were just like doing real bad you, you oh. feel like and how awkward is that bro i've had so many bad <laughs> I've, I've bombed so hard nothing sticks out like to you yeah. you're like okay this was this was like the one there was one time there's this um i came up in harlem okay that's where i would first start doing comedy because my thought was is you're doing all this wordy shit right and if the wordy shit will work on the nerds but if it could work over here in harlem then you really have something right that was like my thought process what do you mean what are harlem people like like well harlem people are gonna be at least like east harlem they're gonna be a little bit grittier they're not gonna be as nerdy right it's a little more tied to the street Got right it. it's like their not laughs at, are not like they're not like handing out laughs as easily yeah yeah for sure they're not handing out laughs as easily they're not going to get every reference either right because no. that's not the world that they live in mm-hmm. you know they live in a different kind of world right where they have different references right. so you know it was like 
that was my thought process and then I was I was in this one spot man and I just I was not doing well at all bro I was like it was really really bad right and mm-hmm. I had like it was Martin Luther King Day and I had like I had said something about MLK you know that was not oh. funny, you know. I was just like, you know, he got black and white people to get along, but he still didn't get along with his sister, you know. Oh. And okay, <laughs> and they didn't find that funny. And I was just like, yo, siblings be like at odds sometimes, you know. And uh, and, and they were like, no, and not today, I, buddy, not today. And then I got Damn. off stage, and and then uh. The security grabbed me, you know, and he was, like, not letting me go. Security. Was he, he worried had, like, for you or? No, I think they were going to, like. <laughs> beat so, you out of the security? <laughs> yeah, I think they were going to beat me up, right? So security grabbed me, and I'm, like, standing there. Security has, like, a like a hard grip on me. Oh and I'm, like, God. what the fuck? Yeah. Because he didn't like what you said on stage? Yeah, yeah. So he didn't like what I said on stage. So then the host is, like, yo, where are you from? Right? And I'm like, oh, I'm from Pakistan. Yo, I knew he wasn't asking about New Jersey at that yeah. point. <laughs> like, yeah, right, right. You know exactly. <laughs> he's like, yo, and he's like, oh, you a sand N word. You good, right? And then, <laughs> and then the whole place was like chilling, you know? And then the security let me go. What? Then, That's so weird. What's, yeah. San, what's San Edward? No, N word. You know how oh, people yeah. call like brown people the sand N word? Oh, 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 oh! Yeah, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought San Edward was a person. <laughs> oh no! Um, and then yeah. so uh, yeah, so then it was all good. But it was it was like a rough moment where it was like, yeah. damn, I almost got like my ass beat, you know? <laughs> yeah. Do you worry about that? Like especially in this climate, like, and and I don't know, like I hear different perspectives on this, but there's certain comedians that are like, yo comedy is comedy like there's no canceling a comedian like that because jokes are that's the point yeah, there's of like no stuff. pc jokes or like mm. how you, do you judge that like are you scared about getting canceled at some i mean you kind of already did it one day but <laughs> but like what's your perspective on it um i mean i would do any joke if i found the angle you know okay but i i i i don't I've never gotten into trouble with it because I feel that like I cover my basis when I touch my angles, you know? Mm. So it's like, I think as long as you do that, if you're a good comedian about it, you shouldn't run into some issues. And if you do, then, you know, I ride for you, you know? I hope it doesn't go down with me. I don't want people to be upset with what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not up there trying to say some edgy shit to, like, yeah. just say some edgy shit. It has a point. You know, mm-hmm. and if you miss the point, that's what I'm most upset about. You know, mm. it's like you got caught up on. I never want to sacrifice a buzzword. You know, I don't want to say a buzzword so you don't you don't find the point. That mm. would be like, that would really tear me up. You know, Is more than you getting like a, like a like a trigger word for like. A, yeah, yeah. I don't okay. want to use a trigger word in some, and then you not understand the point. That's what would fuck me up, personally. Mm. Right, because then it's like, damn, you didn't even hear. You canceled them. Saying. You didn't get the point. You're canceled. I'm not. Canceled. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you know, that's my job, right? Is to right. make sure that you get what I'm trying to say, you know. And some yeah. comedians are like, no, I just say what's funny, you know. Yeah. And I don't, 
There's different ways of doing comedy, man, and it's always ever-changing. I think comedy today is a lot more truthful than it was back in the day, and then yeah. some people don't fuck with that. They don't. They think, oh, this is garbage, you know? Mm. And I think if you find the right way to do this style that people are doing, it's actually the dopest way to do it. But that's my opinion, right? Who, who do you think are, like, the, the best in the game that do it that way that you're describing? I mean, like, who do you really look up to? I love uh, Michael Che. Okay. You know, I love watching Che. Uh, Rami's a friend, but I love to watch Rami, you know. Um, Chappelle, obviously, you know, like Mm -hmm. you watch, like, that's an obvious one, you know. Like, if you you saw what he did with, like, 846 and that whole George Floyd thing, like, that that was was dope. Oh, you You like that, okay. Yeah, the way he Because there's not, like, comedy in there in the same way, but there is elements of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's. It's cool, you know, the mm. fact that he was able to just turn 25 minutes out on a topic and just kind of like yeah, put it together some way, right? It's not the most polished, it, you know, but it's like who has time to polish something like that yeah. right now? And it so. came out of nowhere and it was like, I think perfectly. Like everyone was talking about it like, yo, Dave Chappelle's special. And then you, yeah. while you're watching, it, you're like, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he created a moment, you know. And then there's other ways to do it too, like, you know, like Hassan put out a George Floyd episode, right, on Patriot Act. Yeah. And it's like, but you got to know what goes into both. It's like with one, it's one guy, right, like just doing stand up, and the other one is like it's a whole production where mm. you know the guy's got a staff and he's working with a bunch of people to write this beautifully curated thing, right, for everybody. So it's two different mediums, right? We mm. have to learn how to appreciate both and differentiate both, too. Yeah, It's not fair to lump those two things together. Yeah. yeah. But it's also, like, both of the them artists. came from their own experience. It was, like, what I found really cool about Hustons was that, like, he literally took called out, like, the brown community in some instances yeah. where he was like, you know what? Like, we're not going to s- tell the same sort of story or, or say the same thing that everyone else is saying. And obviously with Dave, we know, you know, his sort of upbringing and and the people that he interacts with in Ohio. And it's just like, you're not going to get that perspective from the everyday guy. It's like you kind of need it from them, which was uh, really well put together by them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And and yeah, it makes sense. The mediums that they gave him it It, like you would expect Dave to give you some shit that's just done in Ohio, right? Like at, at an old wedding venue. And then you would also right. expect Hassan to like be in his house, but still have the best production of all time, right. you know? Like, <laughs> the best PowerPoint of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yo, we were uh, we were talking about like the the bombings and stuff. So we actually found this this review that someone left you on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We gotta talk, we gotta talk about this, bro. Okay, oh, so my God. The, the bro, review, my... the, the review and, says- And you posted this. Yeah, I know, this. my booking agent's so mad that I posted this, bro. <laughs> I'm so glad you posted it. It's hilarious. Okay, so the the post, the review says, We had Donish for a pre-wedding event, and I could not be more disappointed. He completely ruined the No, no, night. no, I could not be more disappointing. Don't misquote. Dis- <laughs> <laughs> Memorize this motherfucker, bro. Oh I fixed it, but <laughs> she misspelled disappointed. So, and then she says... Uh, or he, uh, he completely ruined the entire night and left the audience feeling offended and confused. He clearly had no material and instead resorted to picking on the audience. 
And then um, he's like, uh, while we made it clear that the f- this was a family event, most of Muslims, he still mentioned inappropriate topics that were very distasteful. Come on, Donish! <laughs> to this day, people still comment on how bad the comedian was. And as the bride, it is quite embarrassing. I do not recommend him to anyone ever and hope no one has the same disastrous experience. Bro, what did you do? And then you captioned, the worst part is I had a good time. <laughs> What happened, bro, bro? I walked in, found out then that oh, the no. wedding was separated. Oh. Right? Oh. Like at the male wedding. female. Which side were you yeah. on? The male side? Yeah. Okay. So then he's like, no, the female side just going to hear you through a speaker. <laughs> right? So I'm like, oh, this is done. You know, this is already, already, it's wor- yeah, it's a wrap, right? <laughs> So I'm like thinking, what what could I do? What could I do? I land on opening up with this story about how I met my fiance, right? She was like, she had another boyfriend at the time and I had, they didn't like that, right? (laughs) So already, already I'm four minutes into this and it's not going well. So then like the savvy comedian I am, I say, fuck material. I'm going to just make fun of everybody in the room. Oh, my God. And they had a great time. Like, everybody was laughing, Oh, so yo. this person was like, she didn't yeah, order or something. Yeah, it was one of those situations where it was like, oh, she they was on offended. the other side. She, she was, was offended. offended. The organizers mm. were offended. Mm. But it's like you put me in a tough situation where I had to dig <laughs> out of, and I was not willing to go down bombing, so I'm going to have fun. You know, what? How are you roasting these people? What were you saying about them? Were you like, like ragging their parents or what? I was, I was talking to the parents a little bit, and I was talking to the uncles, and like, yo, uncle, you got a unique style, just like funny <laughs> shit like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Like making fun of my uncle's style or whatever. Like, what did he do back in the day? Then I found out one kid was like a Hanes model. And then I brought him to the most traditional uncle, and I was just like, yo, uncle, what do you think about him being a Haynes model? Right? And then they were oh like, it was God. bad funny, bro. I was like, this is so funny. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was decent crowd work, okay? Yeah. I've had better, but it was going fine. <laughs> Where is it? Is I'm just on Facebook? Like, did they yeah, leave this they review left on me a review. <laughs> yeah, so then they left me a review on Facebook. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to delete this, so I gotta just post it. You know, own it. Own it. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you yeah. Is the rating say- fixed? Huh? Is the rating fixed? Like, or do we need to like all go in and and give you a good rating? Oh, I think I think it's fine, man. Who cares? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, wait, I'm just confused. Like, didn't this person know when hiring you, like, what your style of comedy is? That's the other thing. Is like. Sometimes I get bookings through, like, I, I don't have, like, a manager or anything, but I just have a booking agent, like, to just help me with gigs, right? Mm. And sometimes I'll get gigs through him. But this one came through my website, right? And I just facilitated it to my booking dude. Mm. So it's like, I was like, oh, they're like a fan, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> oh, cool, you know? Yeah. Like, they're one of the 10 fans I got, so cool. Mm. They're going to be cool <laughs> with whatever I'm down to do. And then that was not the case. Did you ever <laughs> you know? speak to this person? Like, did you ever like re- like send him a message apologizing or anything? Yo, what happened? You know, I tried, 
to to apologize. I even was going to be like, yo, I will do a free show for y'all. Because then my pride was hurt, right? Yeah, and right, then my book, right. a, uh, book agent was like, no, I don't think that's what they want at all. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, you know. I don't so have funny. anything else to offer. Yeah, right? That's all you could do. Yeah, that's all I could do. Show them I wasn't the going to give the money Halo. back. Huh? What's... You can show them the Mecca of Halo. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see my basement? <laughs> Absolutely not. I wasn't going to give the money back. That wasn't going to happen. <laughs> you know. yeah. I'm, glad we, I'm glad you did what you did. I feel like you probably picked up a few fans from there. So Yeah, it, like, it be, yo, it's always, always flip it. You know? Yeah. That's what I learned, bro. Is, is somebody tries to put you in the corner, just put them in the corner. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, dude, you're um, you're incredibly inspiring. Like, uh, this whole time, I wish we could talk to you forever. I feel like you have so many stories and stuff. Oh, uh, thanks, but, man. But yeah, we do have to wrap up. I wanted to ask nice. you, um, for people that are listening, um, what's like the most important part of the process of, of stand-up comedy or, or, or entertaining? Um, and what, what are the things that like they should really uh, take note of when they're trying to pursue a career like that? Um, I think usually if you ask this question, most comedians will say get on stage. Okay. And uh, that is really important. I would say... And to some people it's important, and to some people it's not. I would say learn the history of what you're pursuing. Hmm. That's really what do you mean important. by that. Find out how did comedy start, which okay. comedians were popping back in the day, you know, what jokes were used, hmm. right? Like what jokes were being done in the '60s, the '70s, the '80s, you know? What was uh, Lenny Bruce like? Could you listen to him today? Was Steve Martin? Was you know read? Read his book, Steve Martin's book, right? Like, there's a, watch Seinfeld, watch watch all the shit that's so like uh, Monty Python and all the shit that's so important to what stand up is today. You should know that history if you're gonna get into it. Because even, even if like you don't want to do that style, like you still have to watch those things. Oh, one hundred percent. Because whether you know it or not, you're gonna take from that. Hmm. You know. Like that—that's just a fact. Don't don't be so arrogant that you don't want to learn the history of the game, because that's probably the most beautiful part of the whole thing, is how like what's been done, right? And if you fall in love with that part, then you'll be fine. That's awesome. I think wow. that's really great advice. Yo, uh, Danish, you're incredible, and we definitely oh, thanks, know, guys. wish you the best. I, <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't wait to see more of your content. Like you're really funny, and and uh, I love uh, your style. And hope you get even bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah so me too. Yeah. On the oh, thank you. Where can people find you uh, if they want to follow you and everything? Just DMac. Yeah, DMac one on all all the things, and you know, I have a, a podcast is biweekly called the DMac Hour. You know, so yeah, awesome. That's it. Dope. Yeah. Um, so this is Strange Flavors. Uh, so on this podcast, we ask all of our strangers one last question. Um, Amber, if you want to take that away. If you could describe yourself as any flavor, what would it be and why? Hmm. Like vanilla caramel. Okay. Right. Why? Because um, I'm pretty boring. Definitely not, but okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I got this. I like to be boring. That's my style, you know. I'm like not not like, you know, like in an activity. You know, I don't be doing much, right? Okay. But but 
also, you know, like if if we talk, I got some flavor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's a little, little, little bit caramel. Of, little, little dazzle little caramel. caramel. Yeah. What would your dad caramel. be? That's what I want to know. Oh, that, that all the flavors is, put together. Is, uh, what's that one? Neapolitan? Is that the one? Yeah, with the yeah. strawberry, chocolate, vanilla. Yeah, yeah add like with six more flavors, and that's add it. a Russian yeah. salad on top of that. Yeah, add a Russian salad. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, that's uh, Donish McBool. Go check him out. Go support him. He's a dope guy, and uh, we're very thankful for him uh, being here on our podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, for everybody listening. It's been another week. Another flavor. A little less stranger. We'll talk to you next time.